Welcome to the Lead More Podcast. The Lead More Podcast is the show where we sit down with leaders of today to help inspire and create more leaders for tomorrow, because I believe the world needs more leaders. And as today's episode clearly shows us, leaders don't always come in the same places or locations or you know schools and, and backgrounds and, and salaries and job titles as, as we maybe think they do. And that's why I'm so excited after today's conversation for episode 47 with Bridget Blody. Bridget is the CEO of Fomeno. She is a 21-year-old college junior, Division I college athlete. She's in the symphony and she's building a company. And in this episode, she tells us the origin story, which is only about a year long, of their company, Fomeno, and the business prize competition that they competed in the entire globe, how they were pitching on like the eve of, of COVID. It's a fascinating story and such a refreshing look at such a young, uh, talented leader. I think you're really gonna like this episode with Bridget. So here we are, episode 47 with Bridget Blody. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Lead More podcast. I'm here with an incredible young leader, Bridget Blody. How are you today, Bridget? Good. Thank you. How and are you? you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for coming to, to Lemonly. Yeah, it's a beautiful place you have here. I'm really excited to be here. Cool. Well, you're the CEO and co-founder of Fomeno, correct? And tell the listeners what that is. Correct. So Fomeno is an app that offers the simplest online thrifting experience yet. Okay. Yep, so and you just type in a clothing item you're looking for and Fomeno will find it, thrift it. So you, when you say you find it, like where I could buy it from? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. And then I can list it? Or when you say thrift it, what, so, I'm buying it? Yes. Okay. So thrifting is just like the purchasing of secondhand clothing. So we just consolidate all of this data from hundreds of online thrift shops yeah. so that shoppers can find it in one streamlined location. Okay, so that makes a ton of sense in practice. Right. How does my local Salvation Army or Goodwill actually, do they have that type of data? So um, most, especially with COVID-19, a lot of uh, thrift shops that are mostly brick and mortar have pivoted to be online because they wanted their inventory to be more accessible due to the pandemic. But most thrift shops um, in today's era are just online. They put their inventory both online and if they have a brick and mortar shop, then they do it in the shop too. They yeah. have their clothing inventory there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right now we're mostly just partnering with shops that already have their data online. Yeah. So your pitch is we're bringing you customers. Right. And then you guys take a cut of that purchase? Yep. Uh, like a 10% per transaction fee. Okay, cool. And so how many, do you guys measure more on like items or number of thrift shops or how many people are on the platform today? So we have about 25 um, thrift shops that are currently partnering with us. Yep. Um, ranging from really small, um, independently owned to maybe having a um, maybe five to 10 employees. Okay. Um, there's one that we're working with um, in furthering our partnerships. They're a Y Combinator startup. They're called Thrift. Yeah. Um, they're out of, uh, around Berkeley. They're two student, students from Berkeley yeah. who just graduated. So cool. yeah, um, so kind of, of all over the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. I've also heard of a company called The Real Real. Yes. And they are kind of in this space, right? Yes. They okay. are in the space. So they would be a potential partner. Okay, got yes. it. Interesting. Okay, so I think what certainly makes this interesting is the idea is great, but also uh, you're still in college and you yes. started this company a, a year ago. Was it pandemic induced or like just an idea you already had? You know, it. so the idea originally um, 
I guess I was, so I'm a junior in college right now. I'm graduating at the end of the summer. Oh, congrats. Um, to do Fomana full-time. So I, you don't I, even have to drop out. You still right, get to get your degree. Right, that was the goal. Good I didn't work. Wanna, <laughs> I wanted to finish sure what I started. your parents are happy. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, the idea originated, I was going into my sophomore year of college. Um, I was studying abroad in Costa Rica for a sustainability trip. Cool. And we essentially had to, they told us when we were going to the program that we were living in this mountain called Monteverde. Yeah. And the it it's such a steep mountain range that you literally, a bus could not get us up to where we were staying with these locals. Wow. So they told us so when you're- hike. Right, exactly. A very strenuous hike. So <laughs> they told us when we were packing to pack very light because everything that we- we're going to like where for a month we had to be able to carry on our backs up to this mountain. Yeah. So one of my friends there had this t-shirt and it had forget me not flowers on it. And I loved this shirt. So okay. she wore it over and over again um, because we had to wear everything that we could carry yeah. on our backs. And um, I would tell her every time she wore it, I love that t-shirt. I love that t-shirt. <laughs> she said, Bridget, you should just buy it. And so we talked about where she bought it from the company wasn't a very ethical company. We just kind of, we were on the sustainability trip. We really yeah. just both talked about this. And she said, okay, well, I challenge you when you get back to the U.S. You obviously love this shirt. Why don't you try and thrift it? I said, okay, I'll try it. Yeah. So I get back to the U.S. and I'm, you know, I, I know I'm probably not going to find it in a regular thrift store. That's just a bit too task, too mm -hmm. tasking. Yep. Um, so I jump online and I start typing in, okay, forget me not t-shirt. Yeah, and how do you describe it? it? Yeah. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a challenge. Um, but I start finding it on all of these different platforms. So like ThreadUp, um, Poshmark, all these independent small thrift shops, it's there. Yeah. It's in different sizes, different um, qualities, different prices, different shipping, all these different things. But I, as I'm sitting there sifting through these options, there's hundreds and hundreds of this t-shirt that's available yeah. in my size, ready for me to buy, yeah. cheaper than it is even in store. Yeah. And so as I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm like, okay, if thrifting is the most sustainable way to shop, if we're trying to partake in this circular economy of reutilizing clothes, why isn't this easy? Like, why do I have to sit here for hours on end trying to find the best option? Um, why, why don't we just create a way to do it better? Yeah. Like, why don't we make this easy? Yeah. Um, so that's that's how the idea of Fomento started. We're here to just make thrifting easier, simpler, um, more enjoyable. So you just type in the clothing item you want and we find it for you within just a snap. Awesome. Yeah. Well, two thoughts. One, you're going to be a good entrepreneur because you're a good storyteller. <laughs> and I think that's a huge part of it, especially as your role as CEO. Uh, but talk to me about what does easier mean? So like clearly right. it wasn't hard to find it because there was several options, but right. is easier meaning like closer or cheaper or like what's the way that, yeah. how do you filter through all those choices? Right. So we, um, we, so you, when you sign up for the app, you put in your, your um, sizes, um, your location and what we'll do, it might take a few rounds to get to the final, final product. But originally, the basics is we find it in your size. We find the best quality. We find the cheapest option with probably the best ship shipping price. Yep. So we're just trying to find that best option for okay. you. Um, and then like in eBay, are they all just listed kind of by best right, to worst? Or? Right. Okay. And then we're also, so like Poshmark and ThreadUp are kind of like the super house, like okay. powerhouses of online thrifting. Um, but there are so many smaller, like independently run thrift shops that just don't have the ability to market themselves like the others do. So we take them and throw them into the mix and say, yep. hey, you should shop from them too. Yep, cool. Um, so yeah. Awesome. And so you have a pretty good origin story there, but 
what as a, I don't know, 20 year old or whatever you were said, I should be the one to solve this problem. Yeah. So that's funny. I just, I, I, you know, the idea just came to mind. I kind of laughed at it. Um, but I called my honors advisor from USD the next morning and I just said, Hey, so I thought of this crazy idea. She wanted to hear about how Costa Rica was or anything like that. And like you said, you know, leaders are people who just um, believe in others, yeah. you know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, that's yeah. what we do. Yep. And so she just like, she just blatantly told me like, wow, that's a great idea. You should go for it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of laughed at her. I thought, no way. I, I don't know anything <laughs> about tech. This is obviously yeah. a tech thing. Um, there's no way I could do this. And then I don't know. She's just the one who said, no, like, I think this is awesome. That's and she's awesome. the first person I told. And so I don't know that validation right from the get-go was just enough to at least spark the idea to maybe look into it one step further. Yep. Um, so the next person I called on the phone was my friend Ashlyn Atwood, and she is a co-founder uh-huh. of Fomeno. Yeah. And Ashlyn is, um, her degree is in health science, but she's just very gifted in design. She just okay. she's able to see things, visualize, put it, articulate it on paper. And so I was like, okay, if we're designing an app, you know, I was still kind of joking around about it this time. Yeah, but yeah. It's like, Hypothetically. I need, right. <laughs> I was like, I need someone who can actually do it because that's not my strength at all. Yep. I cannot design, visualize, articulate. No, 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 that's not me. So um, I told her about it and she also thought, wow, this is so cool. And yeah, yeah. Ashlyn and I would love to go thrifting together um, freshman year of college when we met. And so she's like, yeah, I, I, I could probably put something together. So she gets online, finds these you know, wireframe applications yep, for free, yep. just starts making something up. And uh, yeah, that's just kind of how it started until the Holt Prize competition came around. And Ashlyn and I had competed in it kind of on a whim the year prior. Oh, really? Okay. So we knew what it was. And for listeners, just explain what that is. I'm, I'm yes. kind of vaguely aware, but... Yes. So the Holt Prize is a global competition. It takes place in 121 countries across the world. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And... um each year they roll out with a new prompt. So it always has to do with sustainability, the United Nations um, Sustainable Development Goals. So they're trying to encourage young students, college students. just in the university college system? Yes, yeah, that's yes, okay. exactly. So they're just trying to encourage college students to come up with innovative um, enterprises that solve some sort of social issue. Yep, so, it's a giant shark tank. Exactly, yep, yep precisely, with a um, $1 million grand prize. Wow. So, um, yeah, so Ashlyn and I saw the prompt. It was very simple. Usually, the year prior, it was to employ 10,000 youth or, okay. um, you know, this year it has to do with agriculture. Okay. But our year, it just was very cut and dry just, just to create a sustainable enterprise. Oh. And so Ashlyn and I looked at each other and we thought, hmm, like, convenient. why not try it out, yeah. you know? So with that, you need three to four team members and... Both of us at the same time knew of this girl named Peyton Riz. She's on the triathlon team. She had done a lot of motivational speaking events. Um, she's just, everybody knows her for like her personality, her energy. She's not afraid to talk to anyone. She's very um, mission driven. And we both kind of looked at each other at the same time. We're like, what about Peyton? I wonder if she would be willing to do this. And mm. at that time we were sitting in the library and we see Peyton just walking right <laughs> next. We we're like, it's a sign. <laughs> so no it way. kind of all just happened really quickly. But we asked Peyton, we said, hey, we're thinking about throwing together this team for the whole prize competition. Would you want to be a part of it? We already have an idea. And she said, yes. So you guys are entrepreneurs that actually go to the library, huh? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she says, yes, now you have a team of three. Correct. And then what has to happen after that? So basically we put together these pitches and there are different rounds. So we start off with the university round. You pitch. Um, it's a, f- a four-minute pitch and then a couple minutes of questioning. And um, and then all the teams do that. And then at the end, the judges pick the winner. So you win at the, like the University of South Correct. Dakota level. Yes. And then you go and state then, or region? Or? Yes. So if your university is large enough, you can immediately qualify for the regional round. Okay. Um, I think there are 30 regions across okay. the globe. And so um, we won the USD round. So we immediately qualified for the United States regional. Okay. So that was in Boston. Okay. And um, that's where the competition really increases. So we yeah. were competing against like Harvard, Duke, Vanderbilt, MIT, like these amazing institutions. Yeah. Um, and even at that time, we were just thinking, oh, this is a fun idea. We love what we're doing, you know. <laughs> at this point, you just have like a mock-up of the app. We literally have Ashland's like wireframes wire okay. that she designed, you know. Which like, actually I think for anyone listening is a really actually is the right approach, right? Like mm-hmm. nowadays, because of these awesome tools and technology at a very, very low cost, we can mock up like essentially, you know, prototype before you build, before exactly. you go hire right. a developer and invest a lot of money. You already were set, you were validating your idea. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's so funny with technology today. Like we, we can put out these wireframes that make it look like this app already exists, but really it, it, yeah. it doesn't. Yep. Yep. Um, so anyway, we went to Boston um, and while we're in Boston, it's March 13th of 2020. Oh. Like right as yeah. the world is closing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we flew out there and all of a sudden it, while we're there, it's when everything's going down. We were there for three days and I think it was the craziest world changing three days of my life. Did you get to present or no? We, it went virtual. Yeah. So, um, which I think was an advantage to our team. It helped us. I think we just, I don't know, we weren't hundred percent prepared to be pitching in person, sure. but it went virtual, huge advantage for us. Sure. Um, but yeah, so we pitched and we, that night, so they told us at 4 PM, we would know who the final six are. So you have about like 60 to 100 universities that are in this United States regional, and they narrow it down to final six. Mm-hmm. And the final six get interviewed, and they really look into it. Like, is this, is that your pitch everything that it said it was? You know, Sure, sure. Because they have to narrow it down to one team who yep. will win. Yep. And they said, by 4 o'clock, you will know if you made the final six. So 4 o'clock rolls around. We're sitting there afraid about COVID. Are we going to get home? <laughs> yeah. We're sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder if we'll, we'll get it. Four o'clock comes, we hear nothing. Oh, no. So we're going to like, oh, we're in Boston. I guess this was a really fun trip, you know, <laughs> trying to. Can't do anything now. Right, can't do anything now. Um, but it's about 930. We're all laying in bed, ready to go to sleep. We have to get up early the next morning to fly home. And I get a text on WhatsApp from this woman named Nellie, who's the head of the whole prize um, outreach. Okay. She just says, Congratulations! Like your team made the final six. Can you be ready for an interview in ten minutes? Whoa! Yeah. So at nine thirty. Yep, nine thirty p.m. And we started freaking out. I think they just had more applications, and they thought that they had to review. And, sure. Um, yeah, I will never forget that moment. That's because, wild. Yeah, it was wild, and it was that too was another huge milestone in validation. You know, I was kind of in that moment where my eyes like got bug eyed, and I thought, "What are we? What is this?" idea like this isn't really just a crazy idea anymore that you know i think is almost too good to be yeah. true yeah like this is a potential for a business and we just won the united states like we beat it like 
we're in the final six. We hadn't won at this point, but yeah. we were in the final six, and that in itself was enough for me. Yeah. Um, which is also really cool because Augustana had a team that was in the final six. That's too. what I thought. Yeah. Yep. The Luca, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just even looking at that, I mean, the teams we were so competing, little South Dakota, two, right? Yeah, two schools out of six. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So I was like, okay, if one of us wins, I I call that a win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we didn't hear back who won until the next Monday. So it was about three days. It was an antsy three Still days. Still in Boston, or did you get home? We got home. Okay. Yep. Um, we were quarantining when we got back because, sure. yep, we just had to be safe about that. And nobody knew what was going on yeah. at that point. Yeah. And we were in the eye of the storm in Boston and New York City. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess they, at that point, I also, yeah, I guess they rolled out the winner that Monday and it turned out to be us. <laughs> <laughs> and that means what? Tell the audience. So that means that we qualified. So we were one of the top 30 teams in the world. Um, there were 300,000 original applications, and we made it wow. to the final 30. So that's globally. Yes. Yeah. And also $100,000 prize. So at that point, we hadn't won the $100,000. Oh, okay. So what that meant was originally the plan was you go compete for um, the money in London. For It's a five-week program in London. You stay at this Astrich Castle um, with all the other teams. And that got nixed because of COVID. But instead, we had a like a 12-week-long accelerator okay. program, all virtual, but very, very, very um, helpful. And was that in the summer or the That fall? was, it started, well, I guess it started June, and we worked all the way through December. So oh. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we would, basically, I felt like it was an online MBA. Yeah. Like, we would get um, coached, we would listen to these classes and talks that the whole prize put on, and then every Friday we had to pitch. So we'd get ranked top three and bottom three of the 30 teams that were there. Great practice. Um, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Practice. So by this point, you're like, shit, I have to make this company. Right. <laughs> and each week you get ranked on, okay, are you growing this company? So you're not only competing and trying to articulate your business and prepare for these pitches, but you're also trying to grow. Um, and I, we're students and we're college athletes. Like, you know, it's it was an interesting. Busy. Uh, yeah, it was busy, but it's also exciting. Um, That's an awesome story. Yeah. And so, so let's see, this is last, this is summer 20. Mm-hmm. So now we're in uh, April of 21. Yes. You're a junior and a college athlete. You're also in the yes. symphony, I believe. I'm guessing you probably get good grades too. You go to the library. Uh, <laughs> what, what we do at the library though, I mean. I, <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, tell us, give us the update then. So Fomento is where right now? So in February, we had to submit a seed capital proposal. Yeah. And originally the grand prize is a million dollars, but that's when you're competing and pitching in person and you know, the CEO of Holt Prize, his name is Ahmad Ashkar, he was very adamant about not having a team win a million dollars over Zoom pitching. He was just like, that just doesn't, sure. there's something about that that's not right. So instead, he cut up the prize to be 10, oh. $100,000 applications okay. um, or prizes. And so essentially every team Which submitted might be a, a better approach anyway right. for sort of growing entrepreneurship and right. enterprise yeah which to us i think was a huge advantage because i mean at this point you're competing against these phenomenal teams like it's kind of the luck of the draw what judges like your idea best yeah personal preference right. yeah pretty subjective and it's either it's a one or one or nothing like either you win the 1 million dollars or you get no seed investment yeah so for us which is a lot of time exactly yeah so i was really excited to hear that it turned yeah to the $100,000 grand prize for 10 teams. Um, so 
our chances went from one in 30 to one in three. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty excited about it. But yeah, um, yeah in, it's still incredibly competitive. Right. Yeah. Um, but so we ended up winning that a couple weeks ago, one of the seed investments. Cool. So that's kind of where we're at now. And just so the three of you, when you get that phone call, email, whatever it was, what, yeah. what's going through your head? Um, I don't know. I think it took me about three or four weeks to actually have it set in. I still don't think I really yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> to be like, honest. was there ever a point when you were like, "This is just a sort of a a project. Like, it's not really going to become a business." Yeah. Like now, you feel like this is a business that. You yeah, just- I think it kind of started um, in the fall while we're going through this accelerator program. And there are these amazing business people who help, who participate in the um, whole price for mentoring and things like that, who are telling you, like we said over and over again, like just believing in this concept, believing in you as a young entrepreneur, like that's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And I think it was slowly then when even some of them were telling me like, Bridget, maybe you should drop out of school. Like, sure. what, what about this? Like, I mean, if you really are taking this seriously, like you don't have enough time, like maybe you should quit track. Maybe you should do these different things in order to really focus on Fomento. And that's when I kind of decided, like, okay, can I amp up my course, you know, credits in order to get out of here early? Yep. Like, I love college. It's a yep. great experience. I'm yep. so grateful for this Yoke community. But if I want to do this, like, people are telling me that I should, I should do it. I should yep. go all in. Yep. So I think that's kind of when it started to click. Like, this is not just an idea. It's not just a school project. It's not just a competition. Like, this is a potential company that could really be impactful. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. And so you'll graduate at the end of the summer, yes. this upcoming summer. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you was about co-founders. So you explained sort of the origin story, your yeah. friend who heard the initial idea, the designer, and then sort mm-hmm. of your, this additional person. Um, it's kind of like going to college and like, you know, meeting a couple of people and starting a band, yeah. you know, and then like someone's oh, like, yeah. we're going to go tour, like let's drop out. And maybe the yeah. other person's like, I don't know if what my parents will say about that. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. so where are you guys, like, how do you feel about that? Like choosing a co-founder is like choosing, I mean, you don't get to choose your siblings, but you do kind of get to choose your, your co-founder. Oh, yeah. So those are big decisions. Where, how do you figure, like, work through that? Yeah, I, it's really interesting. Even with the Holt Prize, they pick teams primarily on the team. You know, like you can have like a decent idea, but if you have a really good team, yeah. like you are destined for success. Sure. I mean, I am so You'll grateful. just change the idea if you right. have to. Pivot. Yep. You know, it's that simple. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful for our team. I think we all just get along really well. Um, everyone on our team is very hardworking. We've learned tasks that we didn't originally know how to do just to fill roles. Um, we're very supportive of each other. It's it's just, it works out really well. And I, awesome. it makes me just very grateful and understand the importance of a good team. Because if you don't have a good team, you're not, it's just, there's, it's too hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like those group projects in college exactly. where someone's not carrying their weight. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I'm very grateful for Peyton and Ashlyn because yeah, they're phenomenal. And we all have different strengths, which is also very important. And um, yeah, Peyton's communications, Ashlyn's design. Um and yeah, it, it all works out really, really well. Cool. So yeah. as the CEO, I'm unpack like six months from now, the vision, are you guys going to start building the app? Uh, do you have to, I'm sure you've heard this already, but you have like one of the hardest businesses, which is like a double-sided market, right? Mm-hmm. You need to build out the supply of, of right. the inventory as well as the buyers. Yes. So like, what's it look like in six months at the end of the 21, we'll say? Yeah. So um, we're preparing to launch this summer. 
Okay. So um, the app is actually on my phone. It's in beta. Cool. But we're just integrating with all of these online thrift shops right now in order to get their data in. And um, it's really exciting. I've, like I said, originally going to this, I had no idea like how to build a tech company. Um, but I've listened to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I've asked and, you know, we have so many tech advisors at this point. Any per- person that knows something about tech, I'm like, hey, can I have a meeting with sure. you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been really fun. And also it's it's something that I've learned I'm really passionate about. You know, like I always say, when it fails, like I want to go into tech. Like I, I think in 10 years, every company is going to be a tech company. Agreed. So, um, yeah, I it's exciting. And I think all of us, throughout the whole prize project have learned to really buy into this. Like Ashlyn graduated last semester. So she's constantly putting together design stuff. Like she's ready to do this full time. Yep. Um, she and I actually just applied for an incubator in Washington DC next year. So it's very competitive. We'll kind of see what happens, but we're putting ourselves out there just to do Good. this full time. Good. And then Peyton has one year left of school, but she is the best multitasker of anyone I've ever met. So uh, she, awesome. she learns to do it all at the same time. Wow. So there, yeah, a lot of work to do. Yes. Lots of work to do. A lot of roadmap and work, work ahead, but you got a good Mm -hmm. track record. Um, so I was excited to have you on because you're such a, like a a great example of what this show stands for is that leaders come in all shapes and sizes. And, 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 and even your point about like where the world is going with tech companies, like I agree with that so wholeheartedly and someone listening might be like, I don't know about that. But like from your point of view as a, a, a young professional, you, you see the world and see where, where it's headed. And so, um, I absolutely think you're, you know, a, a great leader. So, what have you learned? What it through the through the mentorship, through the last twelve months with the Holt competition? How have you grown as an individual, as a CEO? Talk about that. Um, I've grown tremendously, and I think a lot of it's from failure. To be honest with you, I, I think um, anybody who's in the startup community, and I'm starting to realize it's almost anybody in general, but we are all juggling so many different roles. And I've learned that um, it's okay to not be on your A game 100% of the time. So I, there's a, a professional runner named Alexia Pappas, and she was training for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And it was right before the Olympic trials, and she had this horrible workout, just terrible. She goes up to her coach, who's also a uh, prior Olympian, and she says, I just, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this. This workout just went, like, horribly. I'm going to just look like an idiot out there. Mm-hmm. And her coach just kind of laughs at her. He's like, Alexia, there's, there's this thing called the rule of thirds that you must understand, okay? So he goes, a third of the time, you're going to be rocking it. You're going to be doing so good. You're going to feel unstoppable. Like, life is going to be good. You're going to be feel, like, prepared and on it. A third of the time, things are going to be going well. Like, pretty good. Like, not the best, but definitely passable. Yeah. And then a third of the time, things are going to be pretty bad. Like yeah. you are not going to be prepared. Like it just, it's going to be horrible and you're going to be pretty disappointed in yourself and feel like the world is ending. But as long as everything's in those proportions, like a third, a third, a third, like you are going out there and trying to reach your greatest potential <laughs> as an individual. Like we cannot be on our A game hundred percent of the time. Um, and if we are, we're probably not pushing ourselves hard enough. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I kind of hold on to that a lot. Because I feel like with school and with running and with this business, like I'm like things are not perfect all the time. Yep. And um, especially in the entrepreneurial community, I think we can be pretty hard on ourselves. You know, when you, you get rejected from an investment or a pitch goes pretty bad and you get, you know, a lot of constructive feedback more so yep. than you want. Yep. Um, it's really easy to be hard on ourselves. 
but so I, I tell myself that mantra almost every day. Nice. Um, and how do you, yeah. Cause how do you, clearly you're passionate about the idea, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. started with just this kind of little story. Yeah. Um, but now you want to, I think, you know, entrepreneurs will almost bend the world to the future that they see. Yeah. Um, and, and you want this to exist for lots of reasons. So speak to like, when someone says, yeah, I don't think that's the right investment for me or like mm-hmm. you guys aren't actually going to make this app or like you're too young, you're mm-hmm. still, in, whatever it is, how do you get back up and yeah. keep working? Uh, I think it comes down to, like you kind of mentioned the mission. Like we are here to create a mission-driven impact company. And I am so fully bought into that idea that even if someone says that, oh, that's a crazy idea. Like, I get that all the time. Like, sure. What? We don't. Mm. Yeah. Especially being in South Dakota. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, sometimes people just don't quite understand yet. Um, but I have a great team and we believe in this idea. And we have advisors who fully believe in this idea. Maybe they didn't at first, but they do now. <laughs> um, and I think it's just going back to them to get filled up too. You yeah. know, if you get shot down in something, you need to be able to go somewhere and just let it out yeah. and have people fill you. And so I think our team is really big about if you see greatness in each other or honestly anyone in general, you should speak it. I think that's what good leaders do. They are honestly there to fill other people up and make them believe in themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we get rejected a lot from different <laughs> things and you just go back to the team and be like, guys, I needed to tell me that this is going to work out. Yep. And they do that. I love that. That's great. Speak to, I forget, what's your major? I'm sustainability major. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I want you, so clearly you know your stuff in this space. So speak to what you hope, like the impact Fomeno can, why this is so important. Like yeah. why specifically clothing as an aspect of sustainability? So the fashion industry is the second dirtiest industry in the world right after oil. Um, it just, wow. it takes so many resources to produce clothing. There's this concept of fast fashion um, going around. So basically it's, we're trying to produce, companies are trying to produce clothes at mass scale as quickly as possible, as cheaply as possible. Um, but a lot of workers from just an ethical human to human point of view are being exploited because of this. Um, chemicals that are just absolutely toxic end up in water supplies, um, CO2 pollution. There's just a lot of, Inethical things that go in. Yes, so much waste. Um, The average American throws out 75 pounds of clothing each year. Whoa, pounds. Pounds. So, and these clothes are good clothes. Like the whole idea of Fomeno is to take clothes that you don't want anymore and connect them with someone who does want them. So the whole idea of the circular economy is not just in fashion, but it's, it's becoming incorporated into almost every industry now. Like let's take things that already exist and Mm -hmm. either revamp them or Mm -hmm. just find them a new home. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's critical. Maybe I missed that then. Is there a revenue aspect then on the seller side? Like if I want to get rid of some of my clothes or no? So like Poshmark and ThreadUp, like if you, if you were like, oh, I have all these clothes, I don't want them anymore. You could make a Poshmark account and just sell them on there. Okay. Um, We don't do that directly with us, but we would like, ideally like to partner with Poshmark. So you're supplying on the buying side. Right. Yep. Exactly. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and what speak to maybe what, uh, I mean, climate change and, and, you know, just recently in the, in the news, uh, president Biden, some initiatives around, you mm-hmm. know, um, CO2 emissions and where he wants, like how, how does clothing play, play a piece in this whole ecosystem in this puzzle? Right. So, I think that everything is kind of connected in regards to waste and CO2 emissions. So even like the factories that 
put off CO2 emissions, all of it plays a role. Um, but also like shipping and things like that. Like the amount of clothes we ship over is ridiculous. I mean, there used to be two to four seasons per year of styles. So a store would put out, sure, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Now there's 52. So each, <laughs> Every people, week? right. As a consumer, we like to go into stores and see new things. Yeah, that yeah. didn't used to always be the case. Sure. Um, so because of that, it, it increases the supply and the demand. And I mean, we're asking for it. So yeah. in order to do that, they need to make things cheaply and all of that production increases CO2 emissions and things like that. But yeah, a lot of it too is just that chemical and waste component of it. Fantastic, huh? That's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, speak to for other people who might be like in your phase of life, thinking like, "Oh, I have an idea," or like, mm-hmm. "Maybe I want to be an entrepreneur." Right? Like, I'm guessing two years ago, or on that trip, on that hike, you weren't planning on being no. an entrepreneur. No. Now you are, and a pretty exciting opportunity ahead of you. So, what would you say to somebody listening who's like? I don't think I'm an entrepreneur. I don't think I'm a leader. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been, I've been there. I still am there on some days, <laughs> you know, I, I think, Oh man, I'm out of my element. Like I, I'm not ready for this. I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs struggle with that all the time. Yeah. Still, yeah. We don't know what we're doing. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I think a lot of, I, I'd like to say, Oh, just believe in yourself and go for it. And I think that's important Um, But sometimes that's easier said than done. So I think the best thing that you could do, this is just from my personal experience, is to surround yourself with people who believe in you. And sometimes in order to do that, you need to be the person who believes in others. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were talking before, you know, our our beginning stories are a little bit different, but, but my entrepreneurial story started with a grant as well. And much smaller than a hundred grand, but somebody saying like, Hey, go for it Mm -hmm. and jump. Right. And at that age, especially that was way more valuable than the money. Absolutely. This idea of someone said, yeah, I think you could do this. Mm -hmm. And I think you're a hundred percent right. That like, that's sort of like a, I guess like a karma thing, right? We need to put it out there and give it to others. Right. So that it comes back and, and, and that we're all encouraging. Absolutely. You know, and that's a huge part of leadership. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right now you have, because you, you guys don't have a team outside of the co-founders yet, right? We have, so we have like an app development team and okay. then we have um, a team member from, she's originally from Rapid City, but okay. she goes to school at Colorado State. Her name's Annie Lean. So she, she heads a lot of the, her name is, her title is the style, head style curator. Okay. So she partners with fashion influencers. So more of that marketing component. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And but, do you have like a, so you're actively raising money or you're going to be? Or? Yes. I mean, part of the money with the $100,000 from the whole prize is to get an initial MVP out there, start generating mm-hmm. revenue, and then also just to put ourselves in a position to get further investment. Yeah, cool. So I guess I'll push you even further than like a year from now. What's some? I'm sure everyone's asked, you know, when you raise, what are you going to use the money for? Like what's the company look like? Yeah, um, I think it's mostly just increasing the technology of the app, like, we say we're offering the simplest thrifting experience yet. I think that, you know, each update can sure. make it simpler. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and technology is expensive, yep. you know, to make it run perfectly like you like it too. So that's huge. Obviously marketing, things like that cost a pretty penny. So yeah, um, yeah I think marketing and increasing technology are the main sources. Cool. One piece of advice would be in your... Yes. Um, you know, you're clearly like a, a digital native. You come, I, I know that term gets thrown around a lot for people your generation, but one thing I wish if I could go back and do over, uh, 
I think so much of the process, like the stories you're telling right now, the story in Boston, fantastic story, like is also the marketing, right? Like this idea of building in public, you'll see sometimes online or on Mm -hmm. Twitter, you know, everything you just talked about, telling that story as the CEO, like as you're going through it, the ups and the downs, people really will buy into you, to your company, to the story. They'll want you to to see Mm -hmm. you succeed, right? And as I know you've already experienced in the past year, then that becomes an email intro to an investor, to someone who's a CTO, to Mm -hmm. some fashion person, you know, like that would be my tip. Yeah. Even you allowing me to be on the show. I mean, it helps tremendously. Yeah. Well, you got the story down. So, um, well, let's move into actually one quick one. And I, and I, I sometimes hesitate to ask this because for 10 years now, I've always had like, every time I give a talk, people ask why Lemonly? What was the name come from? Mm -hmm. And the story is just actually not that, that sexy. (laughs) Like I say, like there's, there's the real story, which is basically like the domain was available and you could say it and spell Mm it. Uh, right. You have the tough part of maybe not always saying it and right. spelling it. So I'm guessing there is at least a meaning to it. Yes. What's the name? Okay. So the name, that original Forget Me Not t-shirt. Um, originally, uh, we, okay. yeah, originally we called the company Forget Me Not. Um, like, don't forget about these clothes. Yeah. It had yeah. a particular meaning. But like you said, web domain, things like that, trademarking purposes, um, also catering to more of a female audience with the word Forget Me Not. Sure. Um, we took the first two letters of each word and forget me and not and yeah. put them together and it's Fomeno. Got it. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. You have to re- correct people like even yes. before I, I know before we're, we're we trying to record. figure out ways that, you know, like Uber, like they put the little, you know, pronunciation <laughs> under like, We got, we'll figure it out. You but. will. You'll figure it out. Cool. Well, let's do a little rapid fire for you, Bridget. What, uh, are you a big reader? You probably don't have any time to read. I know in college I never had, I always had to read the stuff you're told to read. Mm-hmm. What's a book you recommend to folks? Um, one of my favorite books is called Grit by Angela Duckworth. Yeah, I love that book. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yep, it's a good one. Um, and I don't know if you ever have time to unplug, but you know your your entrepreneurial story almost perfectly coincides with with COVID um, over the last year when you mm-hmm. do need a break from you know all the stresses and the balls in life that you're juggling. How do you do that? Um, I guess. One of the things I think people think like, oh, track, that's a huge demand on you. And I'm at times it is, but um, running for me is a way, like a release. If I thought of it as being like another full-time job, I think I would crumble under the sure, pressure. Sure. But um, for me, that's, yeah, that's a way for me to decompress. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, track is so like individual. I mean, right. there's a team, but there's also the individual aspect, which is right. great. Yep. Cool. Um, so this is a question we asked when we hire at Lemonly. What do you think your superpower is? So the one thing you do better than anyone else? Ooh. Um, it's hard because you got to brag. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I like to think, I mean, sometimes I think this is a disadvantage, you know, seeing the best in people, but I love pulling out my favorite things about people, like initially upon meeting them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like even when I met you, right, right when you opened the door, it was just like so inviting. And like this <laughs> com- this place that you've created for your employees to work is just so inviting. Like you're just a very inviting individual, which I think is really cool. So yeah, I don't know. I And I like to speak it too. So. Sure. Well, that is impressive because I just met you like yeah. 45 minutes ago. So <laughs> yeah, no. Impressive. So I, I guess, I don't know if that's a superpower, but. I think as a leader and a you know, manager, CEO, whatever, you kind of, your role evolves into like, that goes a long way, right? Like kind of meeting people where they're at and lifting them up and encouraging them, being honest. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
Um, so speaking of that, who are the leaders who have sort of shaped your life, whether you know them or you've studied them, mm-hmm. who are the people you look up to? Um, kind of circling back to what I mentioned before, just like surrounding yourself with good leaders. Um, I am so grateful for my parents. I think the family is a huge foundation. If we want to, you know, do big things in this world, it's Mm -hmm. like start with where you're at, which is the family. So my parents are phenomenal. So are my siblings. Um, but also like the coaches that I've had, um, my high school track coach, his name is Roy Swartzer. He was one of the biggest proponents for believing in me. At a young age. Cool. So I'm I'm a division one athlete completely because of him. Like he told cool. me to go for it, even when I probably, you know, on paper I wasn't ready to do it. But um That's awesome. Yeah. Those are some pretty big leaders. And I'm I sure admire. you've met some just in the last year or two in terms Absolutely. of getting to where you guys are today. Yeah, there's so many. My co founders, like even yeah, they're they're phenomenal too. There's so many. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the people who are around me. I feel like every every person I meet in some unique way, I'm like, wow, like you are so good at that. Like yeah. you lead others so well in this like small avenue. So Yeah. I think one thing as we learned from the show and I've certainly I've felt as an entrepreneur and a CEO is like we often the CEO, I feel like I mean, there's a lot of burdens and mm-hmm. and, and, and weight to bear, but you get an outside like a kind of outsized um recognition that you yeah. sometimes don't feel like you always deserve. Right. And so <laughs> yes. like, there's so many other people, not just in the organization who have the same email as you, but outside of the organization, vendors, your accountant, your lawyer, yeah. like all these people that make it possible. Absolutely. And like deflecting praise, I feel like is such a huge part of my job. Like, no, no, it wasn't me. Like that <laughs> was know. this person. Absolutely. I agree. So, yeah. Yes. Um, well, I don't always ask this question, but I'm curious, like, if someone's listening and becomes inspired by your story, which is a phenomenal story, like how can we help you? Like what's, what's next? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm very grateful. I think we are where we are today. I, no, I don't think I know. We are where we are today because of people like you who say, how can I help you? Yeah. You know, you're a young entrepreneur. I want to help. Yeah. Um, I think if you have, I mean, we're young, we're students. I'm 21. There's mm-hmm. so many things about building a company that I don't know. And I'm always so excited to meet someone who will be like, oh, I'll teach you how to do this or that. Sure. I mean, um, if you're talented at like something in the business world, whether it be financing or tech, I mean, I am always looking for more people who are experienced in tech or integration or something like that, who will just even have a conversation with me. Yeah. Um, Yes. And we're even, always, we're looking to expand our tech team too. So if anybody out there is listening, <laughs> uh, seriously, just email me Cool, and uh, I'd love to set up a chat, but yes, that and. Um, so I yeah. guess that's the, probably the follow-up is how someone get a hold of you, yep. your website or. Yep. Website, which is thriftfomeno.com. Um, our email is on there. LinkedIn at Bridget Blody. Okay. Literally any, any avenue. Just yeah. Look up my name and awesome. shoot me an email. Well, I feel Bridget like you're, Maybe like a year from now, you'll have to come back and like give us the update because I imagine it's going to be, it's moving fast. It feels mm-hmm. like a high speed train that's just probably a runaway train in, yeah, in, in a, a good bit. way. Um, so, yeah, we'll have you come back and give us the update. Oh, in a thank year you. From now. I look but, forward to it. Well, good luck to you and, and thanks again for the time. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, everyone. That was episode 47 with Bridget. Thank you, Bridget, for coming on. Like I said, we'll bring you back in the future because I think your story has many more chapters to write, uh, and I'm excited to follow along. So reach out to Bridget if you feel like you can help her in any way. Those early days, I mean, entrepreneurs always need help, but I definitely remember those early days and, and all those people she cited that have helped um, as a CEO, as a founder. You you don't forget that. You definitely remember those people, and so you got to always thank them. But 
Thanks, Bridget. Remember, we drop new episodes of the Lead More podcast every Thursday. And you should subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well.